You're about to tell me, though, that Portage Park is a, what did you call it, a working man's neighborhood? I said an every man's neighborhood. Every man's neighborhood. Okay, I was going to say, because it's mostly yuppies now. Probably. Houses in Portage Park are so expensive. They're, like, more expensive than Oak Park. Bullshit. No shit. I don't make this up. Coming to you from the ass end of the blue line this week, baby, it's the Sons of Honarchy podcast with your host, Steve-O, that's at Drunk Shy Sox fan on Twitter. And Hot Take Tommy, on this episode of the Sons of Honarchy, we are going to be coming to you with a whole host of bullshit because the players are still left out. Just kidding. We got things going on. There's definitely a lot of talk about um, robo-umps, so we want to get into it. Um, and we have a back and forth between the players and the owners, question mark? We'll see what we think, basically, in our buy or sell net, uh, segment, along with we- a Minoso Minute and a couple bones to pick and all of this is brought to you by us make sure you rate subscribe and review so tom recap your week for me real quick what is it that like fucking work is awful nobody cares like it's because you live in portage park <laughs> i don't <laughs> i live in mayfair oh my god you're so, see you think i'm a douche about living in chicago you're a douche about me living in chicago is what's actually happening what this is is every bit of you flaunting your 606 area code coming back to bite you in the ass well so. it's good it's it's nice to know zip that i can always pull out my id and be like hey see the zip code yeah it's pretty good so. i do it every time um, <laughs> no, what was what was that sniffing it's uh I don't is know. there patchouli in the air tom no, no i think cool guys they like sniff when they talk i don't know that's what that is <laughs> fair enough well we got into this argument about porridge park because tom um because oh there's a there's a really nice cocktail bar uh at <laughs> In Ma- in Portage Park, which Aris. it's well, that is not a fucking cocktail bar. This is a cider house. You ding dong. Uh, no, this is this like is a place I said, called pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> also, also that's not in Port- that's not in Portage Park. That's in Old Irving Park. Come on, man, read a book. Um, so <laughs> Moonflower is the name of this place. It's actually quite good. Now I will ask you this, Steve. Over under is um. Spending a hundred dollars on dinner and drinks too much. No, wait. I, I for a date. Yeah, two people, like you and the wife. Me and the wife. Hundred bucks is fine. Okay, that's normal. So then it's normal. There you go. You get craft cocktails, really good food. I mean, walking out of there with a little. Usually, when I'm spending a yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, bucks, yeah. I'm walking out of there with a little wobble. You know? Yeah. No, no, no. I had a wobble. I mean, I'm lighter. Yeah, that's as in true. the weights. <laughs> well, actually, not as in the weights, but as in the, as in the drinking <laughs> ability. <laughs> so, yeah, I no, it was four cocktails and then three courses of a meal. Honestly, so. you're 108 challenge, or I should wait. 108 challenged. Well, <laughs> you are 108 challenged, indeed. No. <laughs> Yikes! You're throwing yourself under the bus there. No, but your White Sox run challenge, run club challenge. It should be you should have like a White Sox drink club challenge. You oh should be God. trying to get to like 108 <laughs> beers before opening day, or like seltzer, vodka sodas. That's vodka it. sodas, 108, 108 vodka, vodka sodas before opening day. We all start a counter because uh, I I don't know if I'd make it, but I I would uh, I would enjoy the journey. You know what I mean? Because I've definitely um, probably had 108 <laughs> alcoholic drinks already last week. Oh. So, <laughs> no, hey, even though I had the shortened week, I'll tell you, my that's the problem with my job. Yes, I am a teacher, but I'm also a case manager. Mm. So Wednesday through Friday was the biggest shit show. It was just constant work. I did not stop working. And then we have the state coming in on Tuesday God. of this week to just kind of do a review of everything. Yeah, fuck the state. It's you know supposed what I mean? to be a general overview, but good Lord. On top of that, Tom. Speaking of White Sox Run Club, I don't know if I'm going to get to 108 miles. Oh, you're going to get there. I'm worried, I, man. You just need to keen, like rest. Like, you don't rest. But I haven't. So I didn't basically run for a, about a week, basically a little over a week. Yeah. I, I took January 13th to January 21st. Or, yeah. well, January 13th I ran, January 21st. Yesterday I ran, right? Yeah. That three-and-a-half-mile run yesterday – my ribs are feeling it. So for those of you that yeah. don't know, I fell on my ribs while 
at a winter retreat with Kawa's church, and my ribs hurt. I am not gonna lie to you. So, well, it was it was specifically the there was you fell on your ribs, and I had you check it out. You know what 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 was yeah, the I'm a what was the prognosis, doctor Tommy? God damn it, that's the fucking thing, Steve. Is like you're not like, hey, I'm gonna go to a doctor because my ribs have hurt for over a week. You're like, hey, Tom, what does what does this look like to you? And I'm like. Uh, it looks like a fucking contusion. Go get it checked out. And he said, nah, I'm good. And so <laughs> and I, I, then he ran three miles. I, I, so I don't know I, what you I, want. I'm a, I'm a tough everyday man. Oh, my so God. You I from don't Portage go to the <laughs> Getting cocktails at Moonflower. Hey, I used to coach in Portage Park. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Luther North High School, RIP. Yeah, RIP indeed. <laughs> I was hanging out with a Luther North alum re- recently. Shout out to Matt Harper. How about that? Doesn't He doesn't like sports. He's <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't even think I've met this cat. Well, Tom, guess what we are, though, speaking of sports? Uh, White Sox Baseball Podcast. We are a White Sox Baseball Podcast, so maybe we should talk about the Charlotte Knights. Let's talk about... <laughs> Yes, and shout out to you know our, our old friends who created on Tap Sports used to be Shy Sox Weekly. We're gonna do. We might be doing a little Shar Nights Weekly. Well, here we go though. Um, How'd they break the news, Tom? Um, they broke the news on Sun Times. I don't know. Um, the Chicago Sun Times uh, is reporting, along with other outlets, that there's going to be a higher usage of automated umpires this season aka robo umps robos yeah so they're gonna be all the way up into triple a including the charlotte knights will be using automated umpires so steve yes you came at me with all this bullshit about like not wanting robot umps but didn't want to explain yourself to me so here's the thing i used to be a big robo ump (laughs) fan I was like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, it's time for baseball to get with the times. Angel Hernandez. Yes, Angel <laughs> Hernandez, Country Joe West. Country Joe West. Like, I was tired of just seeing awful umpiring and it influencing outcomes of games. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. There is information and, and things that are showing right now that these robo-umps are a little, they're just as inconsistent. Right. I mean, would, there can be some tech errors here in regard to this automated. What are they calling it? Automated strike zone, automated baseball, whatever. Well, the baseball will still be thrown by a pitcher, actually. What, OK, smart ass. Well, you there's said automated actual, baseball. There's an actual abbreviation <laughs> for it. The, the system that they're using. ABS, Automated Ball and Strikes. Thank you. Okay, so ABS, much like ABT, which is where you get washers and dryers if you're Tommy Bakken. Um, oh, right. Fun fact, it actually came in and it works. And it fits. And it fits. Your washer and dryer actually fits. You had a nice uh, system or uh, issue oh, there. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, <clears throat> good people at ABT, not their fault. Um, so, Automated Balls and Strikes, ABS, I like it. And I'll tell you again, like you've got these guys, these umpires who have been in the league for God knows how long and their salaries have have only gone up like uh, like any good employer should. If you've been there long enough, you should get more money. So if you just eliminate the umpires behind the plate, that's a lot of umpiring jobs that you can automate. Save that money. And then give it to the players. Also, so, a <laughs> lot. And, and, and I, it makes sense, Steve. Come on. Come on. It makes almost too much sense. How? It's literally take, steal from Paul and give to Peter. Rob exactly. Peter to Rob pay Peter Paul. Peter to pay Paul. Pay yeah. Paul with Peter's money. Uh, and that's my thing, too. Steal from Is Joe like, West and then give it to <laughs> does Castellanos. It's, it's should, fine. Should, I, should we feel bad about getting rid of umpires i mean should we feel bad about you know the job aspect of it right Mm -hmm. from a moral standpoint i guess or ethical standpoint right yeah like these are these are working people too right you're just taking out an entire industry right now of you know umpires and then on top of that this isn't a system that's going to be installed in Little League Baseball. This isn't a system no. that's going to be installed in travel baseball. This isn't going to be a system that's going to be installed in high school baseball. This isn't a system that's going to be 
in college, independent league. Right now, we're just experimenting on the minor league level, right? right. How long is it going to take for this complete overhaul? And then are you going to be installing these expensive systems into lower-level baseball? Because, it, I mean, if so, the cost could be astronomical. And then think about that shift. Think about that shift that you have to do for these players that will be reaching higher levels of baseball. It might be a tough shift to go from, hey, I'm used to umpires calling balls and strikes to, okay, now I have to deal with a robot. I mean, forget, you know, dealing, like, having and younger players switching and then over. On top, but then on top of that, too, younger players are watching Major League Baseball. Yeah. So is this uh, a shift that we really want? The, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it to you this way. <clears throat> Every other sport still has regular umps and referees. Okay, you're not... First thing, you, you gave a lot right there. It's like, first, should we be upset that we're taking away umpiring jobs? Yes. Sorry, no. that was a lot. No, we shouldn't be upset that we're <laughs> taking away umpiring jobs because they're not going to lose their jobs. They're, you're just going to move them on the diamond. They're just not calling balls and strikes. Matter of fact, I'm assuming you still need an umpire behind the plate to call the play at home, to call if somebody needs time, to call, you know... There, there's all sorts you don't think of that this diminishes the amount of umps in the game then no i don't think it diminishes okay. the amount of umps in the game matter of fact i think it increases the um awareness that umps are allowed to have about the game because they don't have to the guy the crew chief behind actually the crew chief's not always behind the, the plate calling right. balls and strikes. they move around but um the like the guy behind home plate is gonna have so much less to focus on like that whole aspect of like balls and strikes is not going to they could look around the damn field and see what's going on like in play and focus on the rest of the game which is what they should be able to do and they're expected to do but they really can't effectively do it when they're trying to call balls and strikes so that's i mean that's always going to be a bogus like theory in my opinion even though I joke and say, let's take away their jobs and give the give the money to the players. Um, that's not going to be how it happens. I don't I don't think that umpires should be afraid of this change either. It's just like, look, Angel Hernandez, you're not good at calling balls and strikes. That's why you've never been invited to do the World Series ever, and it's not going to happen. Um, which I think is going to be pretty funny that, you know, when it's all said and done, the robot ump is probably going to call balls and strikes in a playoff, in a World Series game before Angel Hernandez does. That's funny. Yep. Um, and to to your point about, like, in, introducing all of this stuff into uh, lower leagues and and what's that mean for – wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Before we get to, the, like, the transitioning of players from real umps – to fake umps you were talking about <clears throat> the actual cost of these systems and the effectiveness of them and i mean i'll say to you it, it's tech bro like it, it fucking this iphone that you have is well that's a bad example my iphone <laughs> is a little newer Tommy's looking at my <laughs> iphone 6 that's <laughs> cracked in all ways shapes and forms but i guess that's actually a really good prop because it's like okay this iphone compared to the like functionality of the iphone that is coming out now right it's very different you know the storage it's gonna space, be an evolving speed, system You're like gonna ways to improve the system it's gonna yeah, get better it's gonna get smaller that's what technology does especially when you're pumping cash into this shit and have a ton of data to come off of like every pitch in AAA, right like through this season that's a huge amount of data so so that addresses you know what we think about what umpires losing their jobs that addresses what we think about like the actual size and scope and ability of these systems they're just going to get better and then i don't know about the cost i there's there's no i i mean i'd have to like fucking fact check that but i'm assuming that you know these multi multi-billion dollar industry this multi-billion dollar industry will probably become a multi-billion dollar industry at some point yeah Unless you're talking wait you're talking about major league baseball major league baseball AB? in oh. general because okay. i think they're going to be the ones that are you know obviously i think it's probably going to come from the commissioner's office or the mlb as a whole it's not just going to be like the baltimore orioles get like the the off-brand abs and then <laughs> the yankees have like a good like i think they're all going to get the same be a standard like, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure so like I don't know who's going to pay for it, but I'm not like, that's not something I'm worried about. Like, 
even a little bit. <laughs> if if the if there's a need for the product, the money will come from somewhere in an industry that's making this much money. Now, um, the last bit about you, uh, what what you were saying, like people growing up being used to umps calling it, and then they have to get used to, you know, automated and strike what, zone. And what that's you, an interesting yeah. And topic. what you watch on TV as a kid is going to be way different than what you experience playing the game at well, least for the next what I probably mean, 25 years again not necessarily because i doubt they're gonna take the umpire out from behind home plate for for the reasons that i said like you you gotta have somebody watching pitch counter actually that's probably gonna but be what's always too, the most like, contentious thing in regard to the calling of the game for everybody everybody who watches the game on a regular basis it's always what what gets argued the most Balls and strikes. Balls and strikes, but right? That, and so that's the whole point of it, though, is like you take that stupidity, that something that should be objective, and you make it objective. No longer will this be a, the, like the only part of the sport that should be objective will be. You know, like, actually, wait, that was stupid. Like, everything in the, like, sport should be objective instead of subjective, right? Like, you shouldn't be... In regard to umpire calls, It shouldn't be an opinion, you know? Balls and strikes out, not out, home run and not, yes. Yeah, these all should be objective things, not subjective to the, like, umpire's fucking mood that day. Exactly. Left field and right field corner should be 340 feet at every single ballpark. Yeah. Straightaway center should be 405. Yankee Stadium and, and... Perfect. Boston. Every Fucking every ballpark shaped the same way. Or two, right, Tom? I'm not. I'm not opposed I, to I, it. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not actually, opposed to it. Come eh, on. Fuck New eh. England. You know. I they just, think I, that they hot here, shit for no, having like I do, cool. I, I do admit cool shapes. Like there what's are, wrong with a fucking baseball? Stadium I do like shape? uniqueness in baseball stadiums. But uh, it's pretty. Three hundred yeah, to right corner <laughs> is come, absolutely come ridiculous. On. And a what? <laughs> fucking towering thirty-five foot wall and left and forty foot wall in left yeah. field. Yeah. Fuck Fenway. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's it's an overrated ballpark. I M O, I M O indeed. So yeah, I I think there's a lot to you know glean from the whole idea, like the whole Robo Umps thing. But yeah, I I I think it's a good Plus, idea. Major I, League Baseball already has an issue with one union. I think this is just going to bring up another issue with another union oh right my now. Gosh, yeah, I just I, don't I, think I, now I is you. the time. You know. But hey, we'll see how it works in uh, in these lower tier ballparks right now. The uh, you know minor league system. Yeah. Well, I wait really quick before we move on. You know, yes. if we're t- if we're talking about the umpiring union, one of the main reasons why all these like MLB umpires are like hanging out at the t- tip of the top of the iceberg here, like being ML umps in the MLB, is because their ability to call balls and strikes. Hypothetically, hypothetically. Mm-hmm. If we take that away from them, just get some scabs, just some some oh, any, some boy. anybody off the street. <laughs> we truly are the quans of quanarchy today. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Let's transition away from <laughs> yeah. that before um, before I'm I sure make this myself will not be, into. I'm sure this will not be the, the last state. time we if baseball <laughs> happens this year. Um, yes, I'm sure this will not be the last time we talk about robo umps. No, so, yeah. Um, Let's transition to something else uh, and actually a different sport for a second because I got a bone to pick. I got a bone to pick. So, Chicago Bulls were on last night. They were indeed. Against the Milwaukee Bucks. They were indeed. And as not just a fan of the Chicago Bulls, but a fan of the sport of basketball and the, and sports in general, Please, for the love of God, do something about the Grayson Allens of the world. Oh, my God, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not just in basketball. It's not just Mm -hmm. Grayson Allen, but Grayson Allen is is king of this, is just playing dirty and playing to hurt people. Mm -hmm. So to give some context, Alex Caruso going up for a rebound, correct? Layup. Layup, pardon me. And Grayson Allen just absolutely grabs him, takes him down. F- flagrant foul, intentional. He gets kicked out of the game. Yeah. Okay? That is absolutely the right move 
in that moment by those referees. Yeah, no, the refs made the, 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 the refs making the ejection was absolutely the right thing to do. My issue with sports in general is I don't think that we are punishing players enough that are intentionally trying to hurt other players. Yeah. It's a terrible look for any sport. Yeah. Okay? And to link this to baseball, it's the same concept with throwing a 99-mile-an-hour heater at somebody intentionally. Yeah. You are looking to hurt that player. You can ruin that person's not just career, but their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Quit fucking around. Play the sport the way it should be played. Do not look to hurt people. Yeah. Understand that it is a sport. Things are not personal. Yeah. Yep. And just be a good human being. And the league, any league, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, people who are looking to intentionally hurt people, Mm -hmm. do something about it. Put your foot down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, like the guy was defenseless. And I think Caruso was like he was in he was in the air already. It's like if you change his trajectory after he's off the ground, he can't defend himself from that. So stupid. Okay, so I think that's great that you bring up the comps to the other sports because it's like you you think of the the targeting uh, and the bounties that the Saints put on people's heads back. 100%. Like I don't know what how long ago that was, but it's like those people got fined, but no nobody like got any. It was like a slap on the wrist, basically. Actually, I think a coach lost it, their job, but it's like what what do you, like Grayson Allen's going to be back in an NBA stadium. Probably within the week. That's fucked up. Like he should be yeah, penalized much harsher than that. I, I and and then like to, you to should baseball like, like for very leg, like legitimately yes. hard fouls that are extremely flagrant and yeah. extremely personal, like that one. I mean I'm saying like half a year. Like quit like literally Damn, yeah. Thirty like games. Thirty games, forty games like come down hard. Um even Billy Donovan. Yeah. Bulls coach, right? I think he looked at this with a very clear, non-rose-colored, you know, jaded lens. Yeah. He says, quote, it was really bad. It was really, really bad. I'll just say this. We lost Patrick. Right. Patrick Williams. Yeah. Right. On a flagrant foul to a pretty significant injury. And I said this after the game. I think Mitchell Robinson, who was the one who fouled Patrick mm-hmm. Williams, was trying to make a legitimate play on the basketball. Right. It happened to be a flagrant there are times that times there's flagrant fouls for Alex to be in the air, Alex Caruso, right? Today's in, or yesterday's incident like that, and for him, uh, Grayson Allen to take him down like that, it could have ended his career. Yeah, and he has a history of this. Exactly. So, and the quote continues to go on, but there's a difference between making a hard foul and it not being on purpose, and players, yeah, shouldn't be. I mean, yes, it's a foul. Yes. You know, there are punishments within the game, but the league doesn't come down hard on it. Yeah. Whereas there are hard fouls that are extremely pers- per- like personal and purposeful, and players who are committing those fouls need to be punished appropriately. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And, I mean, you've got them in baseball, right? You've got your Jose Ureñas, like guys who are, like, known for throwing at people. Um, it's... It's just not okay, especially especially that last bit where it's like Grayson Allen is known for this shit. Like people who suit up and play against Grayson Allen know he's a dirty player. Like he, he will take you out given the opportunity. Yeah, and it's like okay, fuck that guy. First of all, it's the basketball definition of a goon. Yeah, and it's like just we don't need that at, mm-hmm. on the highest level of play like that's not there's not and there, there's not room for it and right. the, the you counter wanna, argument, if you want to intentionally hurt somebody go be a UFC fighter or a boxer thank you thank you they're all jags anyway um ah oh, that was kind of mean but it was you know, mean yeah i'm sorry Look at yeah. you well, i just think of conor mcgregor he's such a jag anyway um don't like him never will uh people from ireland don't like him anyway that doesn't is matter. true like People, yeah, he's not a good person. Um, so, getting back to it though, I think it's interesting to have the have a direct segue from last segment to this with robot umpires, right? Uh, or the automated balls and strike system, ABS. 
let's say that, you know, an umpire now doesn't have to focus on balls and strikes. Is he then more aware of a situation at home plate where a pitcher isn't getting his way or something like that or is in a tough jam and is and takes it out on the batter? Are they more going to be more aware of that and like being able to handle that? If that's the case, I think it's even more of a reason to get a robot umpire in behind behind home plate so that the umpire that's act the human umpire that's there can take care of the human situations of a pitcher taking it out on a batter. That's fair. I'll let you have that argument. Hey yo, yeah. So I I'm I'm with you though. All of Chicago has you know a. <laughs> has a wanted poster hanging on their front door for Grayson Allen. Fuck that guy. Like well deserved. it's just not the sport <sighs> does not need that. Sports does not need that in general. No. It, no. Exactly. Um now I <laughs> I also have a bone to pick. I got a bone to pick. I so I this is mostly like a, a hard left turn off of yours because this is mostly just me being um, annoyed that there's no baseball. Right. Um, fucking the White Sox app decided, you know what, Tommy? You know what you need on this Friday afternoon? Uh, you need a <laughs> a best baseball movie ensemble notification because that's what baseball news has amounted to in these days. They they literally like sent me a push notification from the official White Sox app saying, hey, this is a good article for you to read. I, I don't give a flying fuck. That's not news, especially when what they should have done is sent me a push notification saying that there are meetings scheduled on Monday for the players union to be talking with the uh, owners like that's news. Not this. I don't know what this is. So it's like random panel of people, including Scott Merkin, that are going to be talking about basically different baseball films and talking specifically in this one, which baseball film has the best ensemble. So what? that's baseball news, apparently. That's what we've come to, people. I'm just looking at this now. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, why do I need a push notification for that bullshit? I, I mean, it's my fault for clicking on it. But, like, <laughs> I'm like, come on, people. What in the hell? Like, and seriously, like, with stuff like robot umps being introduced at Charlotte, like, that's White Sox news, like with the players union coming back with a counteroffer on Monday. That's White Sox news. Not this fucking off season bullshit. I don't I'm I'm <laughs> I'm dead. It's like it's basically all of the like the chachiness of the Field of Dreams game that we didn't like. Like the 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 Field of Dreams game was awesome. The lead up to it was so cheesy, right? Oh, I cringe. It was so cheesy. Like I there was so, so many I know cringy a lot of things people about loved it. it. I cringed the entire time. But like the game itself, picturesque, the outcome perfect. Um and the actual gameplay was fantastic. But the that part was cringy for me, and this is just that all over again. So, uh that that I mean again, that was not really on your level of your bone to pick it's like you're mad at Grayson Allen trying to murder someone I'm mad at I'm mad at uh the White Sox for deciding that that I should get a push notification for a dumb article like so very different levels of bones Fair. to pick here but um yeah that's that's where I'm at with it Jeez. well on that note I need to refill my coffee yeah coffee this morning because it's only 7 30 well, yeah we are early today oh, I have to go <laughs> into work later yeah Gosh. We'll be right back. Don't say teachers don't work. And during this break, please enjoy some <laughs> very fine voicemails from the one and only Yeah Dog. So I was talking to Bruhan Luke on the telephone, and uh, I was like, man, you're really running like this run club. Man, you're running when it's like this cold outside, like minus wind chill, minus nose hairs freeze i'm like doesn't it hurt your chest when you run and he was like no nah, i just you know you know take my time do my running he's like but you know who's fast steve-o i go yeah he's fast 
I go, he looks fast. Aerodynamic fast. Like, he looks like one of those guys you can't catch if you're running around a table. But if you catch him, he's fucked. Yeah, dog. So I noticed listening to the Sons of Hanarchy uh, podcast that they do like a like an hour show once every two weeks and then during the show they have an intermission like a 1950s musical the intermission was the first half of the show yeah dog So I heard this uh, Steve-O podcast, Sons of uh, Hanarchy, is uh, getting real popular. I was listening to it, but I'm trying to figure out, who the fuck is that other guy? And does he follow me, this 110? Yeah, dog. Yeah, dog. say this i love the voice messages from yeah dog they're so good i'm so grateful i died listening to each of them he left those at like 3 30 in the morning yes he did like it's (laughs) it's 7 34 in the morning right now he left those at like 3 30 4 o'clock absolutely insane um he's the legend i gotta say this though him as well as our guy jimmy vanicki who does his Hap, hap, happiest Fridays and yes. Malort Minutes. They're so good. Uh, which are awesome. And shout out to his wife, Blakely, who films him because <laughs> I, he, he she puts up with his BS. It's about the content, um, baby. It's all about the content. Um, <laughs> s- sons of Hanarchy. It's not Hanarchy. What? Guys, our GM is Rick Han, and everybody wants to say Hanarchy. Ha- I guess it's because of Sons of Anarchy yeah. is why. I mean, it makes, but it makes sense why... Sons of Honarchy. Ha- but it hanarchy. makes me hanarchy. even, like, more committed to the bit of, like, never correcting people because <laughs> it's, like... It's really funny. It's just so funny. To be honest like, with you, I think the only person that I know that pronounces it constantly correctly... Actually, there are a few people, but, like, r- big content creators that pronounce it correctly every time is Beef Love, actually. I had a bone <laughs> to pick with him last week, but he actually <laughs> says Sons of Honarchy every time. It does. I mean, yes, there's two H's. H-A-H-N Han. Archie. Right. Maybe we should put a little, like, dash. Like, Han. No, absolutely. Not. I'm, not re-bra- I'm not rebranding those shot glasses, man. <laughs> Just get Speaking a Sharpie which, marker out and be like... <laughs> to our listeners, um, if you want a shot glass, reach out. I might be able to do something for you. We got a few extra in storage. Like, uh, might make a little happen, a little something happen for you. We we aren't quite on the level of my sock summer where we're slinging the the merch. That's but, right. Um, he is the Pablo Escobar of slinging merch. Oh, he really is. <laughs> he really is. Well, Esteban the Wise. Let's bring it closer. Well, to that's home. right. That's right, um, baby. <laughs> but um, also, who the fuck is this guy? I'm. This is this is Tommy. Oh I'm yes, Tommy. I love. Thank you. Yeah. Dog. This this leads me into a. A perfect bit, and I'm going to have to talk to Tommy about this off the air, is I, exactly. Sometimes I think people tune into the podcast thinking the, that this is my podcast, particularly White Sox Twitter people tune into the podcast, and yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, Steve-O. This is Steve-O's podcast. Yeah. I do have a co-host. <laughs> he just <laughs> tweets out maybe twice a week at most. Yeah, and, and, and which they're is like depressing. usually like not that great, the tweets. You know, the, <laughs> I'm like, hey, how are you? It's true. It's it's you <laughs> wishing your dog Happy New Year. And you're like, he didn't say anything back. <laughs> hey, that he's a good-looking dog. You know, I, I can't lie. I can't lie. That dog is a demon. He's a, he's a little bit bitch. He's definitely a bitch, um, but he's a male dog, um, but he's a bitch. Um because he just bites your toes. Like, if you're not paying he attention, he'll just time. be like, let me nibble on these. You know how we talk about ankle biter dogs? That's a toe biter dog. Yeah. Big time. He, he forget the ankle. He's, like, ready to get at your toes. Um, yeah, so, but I love him. But I love him. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, what were you talking about? Me not making content? Oh, yeah, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least uh, you're participating in White Sox Run Club. I'm hey, I that. am. I am. Um, uh, speaking of which, give me a mileage update. I told people we'd give them a mileage update. Oh, I'm at like 22. You're at like 22? Yeah. Okay. So... 34, 34 for me. I wish I was pick further. Pick up the pace. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say, you're falling off the, the 108 pace, unfortunately. Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to get back on the horse here. Um, and with my injury yeah. and you falling behind, did we agree? So if whatever mileage we d- if say, for example, you or I fall short of 108, we're making that charitable contribution to. It's, well, it's got to be like a, a bigger thing if we don't make it. It's like if we don't make it to 108, it should be like. A shot of malort. <laughs> For every for mile every you fall mile. short, it should be like I don't know, like ten bucks every mile you fall short or Ooh, something. Oh, I like, like that. you want know that's good because it's like I mean I'm assuming we're the, we're on pace to get like right at or near right. So if we I'm fall at, short, like, we should do like ten bucks for every mile under, so it's incentive to get over because we don't want to donate. Now like that's big <laughs> time. So ten dollars yeah, yeah, yeah. out of our own pocket, and would that be to Charity, charity, of charity of choosing. Yeah, okay. of the other, of the other, of the other person. Yeah. So okay. I, but I mean, like, obviously, we're still trying to blow past it and and uh, make a bunch of money for charity. I, I think we should right. do like some kind of like big run closer to. We'll hash out the details. Most definitely. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's your there's your White Sox Run Club update. The um, 108 Challenge Run Delio. We are falling behind, people. <laughs> Steve's like very like actually injured. Like he jokes, but he he actually has like a rib injury that's pretty legit. Yeah, and um, I'm just I would um, say it's, a, a, it's not bruised, very fast. I would so. say it's bruised ribs. If you've ever had bruised ribs, you know how much they hurt. And again, he would say it's bruised ribs because he hasn't gone to the doctor to figure it out. So. Uh, <laughs> I will publicly shame you into going to the doctor. Anyway, oh, uh, oh man, what do I care about you or something? Didn't you have a thing that you were gonna uh, Minoso minute about? Oh here? yeah, yeah, yeah. As, so, as, is that a segue? Is that how you segue? That is. Um, <laughs> so uh, for those of you that are regular listeners, and for those of you that you know might be first time listeners, uh, we do a segment usually every week on this podcast called the Minoso Minute. Um, the Minoso Minute is something that we talk about that's outside the lines of baseball. Um, you know, usually baseball related, but we talk about something that is related to baseball that's outside of the game itself um and something that's bigger than the game itself mm-hmm. too just like Minnie minoso was for the chicago white sox mm-hmm. being the first afro-latino player uh to be in major leagues uh and, and break that break that color barrier break that um ethnic barrier uh that was in baseball um so for those of you that don't know um about the kimbrel kid um so his name is actually is Chase Boykin um, and he's very famous uh, last year when the White Sox traded for Craig Kimbrell uh, for being up in the left field stands if I'm not mistaken doing his little Craig Kimbrell imitation um, as a 10 year old um, and he's uh, definitely uh, what do you, memorialized for that that's yes. the word I'm looking for memorialized yes. Um but, you know, he, he's a Chicago resident. Um, he lives in West Englewood. Um, he plays baseball. He loves the sport. Um, and, you know, Major League Baseball, which, you know, launched its entire Let the Kids Play campaign um, for players such as Chase. And, it's you know, it's great to see that Chase, you know, identifies, too, with, you know, players like Craig, Craig Kimbrell, right, who are out there being unique, loving the game, and doing what they do. Um and as you guys know, too, Craig Kimbrell got to meet the kid and, and you know, sign a baseball for him, talk to him about the game. Um, but I want to link this, too, to the ACE program, too, that the White Sox do, um, which we've talked about at least once on here. Uh, for those of you that don't know what the ACE program is, it's the White Sox Amateur City Elite Program. Um, the MLB hired, uh, actually, Ken Griffey Jr. as a senior advisor to the commissioner focusing on youth baseball development and diversity. So although we rip sometimes on Major League Baseball and its lack of diversity and what they need to be doing, there have been steps that the league has been taking um, in the right direction. Um, I do want to say, too, that I am uh, referencing an article by Maddie Lee at NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, great article. Make sure you check it out. It's called Kimbrel Kid, West Side Englewood Tigers Stars on Own Merits. So... Um, shout out to Chase Boykin, a.k.a. the Kimbrel Kid, uh, West Englewood's finest. 
Yeah, I I love those those stories where like when you can tie in the uh, ace program, the league leaders, like all the stuff that mm-hmm. the um, the White Sox do kind of on the side for baseball in the city. You know? And that's why I think I love this organization so much too. Mm-hmm. When you think about the major organizations throughout Chicago um, and what they're doing for the community, I think the White Sox are kicking everybody's ass in that department. Yeah. Um, and that's not just coming from the front office either. It's coming from who's on the team. Yeah. Um, so I'm very grateful yeah. for, you know, not only the organization, but the guys on the team too that have really stepped it up. Guys like Liam, guys like Tim, guys like, you know. Abreu with the Abreu's Amigos. Yes, exactly. Um, we're seeing it all throughout. Um, and also – Speaking of outside the lines of baseball, too, shout out to Lucas Giolito's wife, Ari, who graduated from uh, veterinarian school. Hell yeah. Um, because you always see uh, Lucas and her with the kittens. Yes. And, um, well, somebody's got to take care of those cats because the way that Lucas holds them up. I know, right? <laughs> makes them dance and shit. And like Josh Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. If you guys don't know the reference, White Sox Twitter people will get the reference. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, but that's great. That's great. Congrats to her. Um, yeah. So I, I, I love that. I love that you brought that up and you know, like what, what's baseball about? It's just a game. So if there's something you can do that's bigger than that, it's always, always uh, a good thing and welcome Absolutely. to my book. And hey, that's what we're like trying to do on a very small scale with this whole 108 run club thing is like, Hey, if we can do a good thing uh, and like get a little, you know, eyes on a charity here, that's great. That's great. So anyway, we move on and we have um, like we hinted at earlier in, in, in the episode, there is actually movement to have a meeting on Monday. So the players union is going to counter offer what the MLB owners offered to the players. And I thought we could go through and have ourselves a little buy or sell on the items that the MLB proposed to begin with. So again, to recap, the MLB owners offered the players uh, a bunch of different things, but mainly five. One, two, three. I'm really excited for that counter offer, by the way. Yeah, oh, the counter-offer. the counter-counter-offer, I should say, counter, basically. Counter. Yeah, because the players came and said, hey, we want these things, and the MLB owner said, we're taking our bat, we're taking our ball, and we're going the fuck home. And so then they finally got back with their counter-offer. So, yes, this indeed is the counter-counter-offer um, that will be coming on Monday. So, first one that we had from the MLB owners was they wanted to raise the league minimum salary and open up more money available to – Super two players who are the players who qualify for four years of uh, arbitration. So that's where we're at. They want to raise the league minimum salary and open up a little bit more opportunity for people to make more money in arbitration. Yeah. So I pre- absolutely buy that. Happening. Yes. Yes. I think I that's, think the players union is going to be like, awesome. That's not as far as they want to go, but yeah. that's definitely a condition that will get pushed through. That yeah, that's a must. Getting getting the uh, minimum wage up in general, I think, is a must. Like, especially for players, Daniel Polka and and Yermin Mercedes. Those are like the quintessential guys that should get paid. They they only got league minimum salary when they're up here doing their thing. And what sucks is that their thing didn't last as long as it could. Like, it was a flash in the pan. Those guys don't deserve to get like shafted because they can't stay up there they should get their due when they're there in my opinion and get good money rather than just scraps when they're when they're up here so that i couldn't agree more with i definitely buy that one raising the league minimum salary and you know the whole arbitration thing i'll be honest like i i understand what arbitration is the whole it's it's a little it's a little in the weeds but but i'm sure it matters a lot to the players so um extra draft picks for teams this is the next thing that the mlb owners offered here so they want to offer extra draft picks for teams that don't manipulate service time for top prospects 
um, and and get that extra year of control instead of just putting the best players out there, right? Okay, so extra draft picks for not breaking the rules. What do you think about that? Number one, how where are these draft picks going to be? Like in in regard to rounds, I mean, are Good these going to be like thirtieth round draft picks? Because to be honest with you, who cares? Really, honestly, <laughs> it, the chances of you getting a draft pick that like is going to be legitimate past the thirtieth round is so so rare yeah and shout out to our guy guy mark 56, burley mark burley exactly um hall of famer mark burley i was gonna say if you want to make an argument for burley based on the fact that he was a fucking 38th round draft pick <laughs> and was so goddamn good at his job there you go um yes but i mean where are these draft picks going to be is my first thing and then second how are you going to determine what is manipulation and what is not right. i mean Chris Bryant situation very clear. Oh yeah, that's that's manipulated. Yeah. Um. However, what about a player that you could say, well, you know, they're on the precipice. Like, we're not really sure. Like, they look good, but maybe they have a couple tools that they still need to work on. Like, who is going to determine? Yes, that's manipulation. No, that's not manipulation. That's the toughest part. So you're buying or selling it? I'm selling it. I just don't think it's clear enough. Yeah, I'm going to sell it as well, but only because I think they should flip it. I think it should be the other teams in the division all get draft picks if you do manipulate. <laughs> so, like, if you manipulate even, like, for a month or whatever, like, whatever it is, like, if there's, like, uh, signs of manipulation, every other team in the in your division, whatever that is, AL Central for the Sox, they get draft picks i mean it should just be a set amount of years to be honest with you like right now it's it's how many years of team five years of team control five six years, years of team, of team control, control. After you're brought up yeah right just say you know from the day you're drafted right clock starts and you have x amount of years that i mean that's and, and that's then you and then right. you and then you incentivize actual good player development which yes. is what the white Sox need yeah yeah, yeah, and then that that flushes money into the into the like lower leagues, which would probably be really be really good for minor league baseball in general. A hundred percent. And it would take all of the you know stupidity out of the, holding people down. The fact it would just all there would be no incentives to hold people back. Right. The fact that ugh, wow, words are hard this morning. Thank you. The fact that. I get checks in the summer that are probably close-ish monthly to what a minor league baseball player makes. When I'm not working over the summer, we've got a problem. We've got a problem in fucking deed. Um, yeah, because they are working over the summer. <laughs> They're playing baseball. Very much so. Okay, so next one. Okay, so there's fur- they, uh, the MLB owners offered further adjustments to the league's previously proposed draft lottery. So this would include uh, incentives for teams to stop extreme tanking, hypothetically, right? Um, and then they'd get draft lottery for top three picks. So the top three teams, three, or like the I bottom three teams, week, rather. Three is not enough. Exactly. Three is not enough. Do NBA, top eight. Or no, isn't it 12 in the NBA? Yeah, top yeah, 12 is yeah. lottery. I would say eight. Or teams that or don't, six. Teams that don't make the playoffs because, are in like the Because, like I said, the yeah. players' union, like I said last week, the players' union proposed eight. Mm-hmm. The league is now coming back and saying three. Fine, meet in the middle, and then technically, even though this it doesn't ever work out this way, that's technically one team mathematically from each division. Yes, on average, right? Yeah, yeah. You got three divisions in each league, so you take the bottom six, and they're in the lottery, mm-hmm. right? You're in the bottom. The bottom six would be the bottom twenty percent of the league. Bottom twenty percent of the league getting throw them in a lottery. I think that's perfect. And then obviously the team that has the worst record has more lottery balls than, you know, the team that had the sixth worst record. Yes. Um, so lottery system, I'm a big fan of that. I think I think baseball has a very hard time with kind of getting people onto its draft. People yeah, in at least in my circles, love the NBA draft. Yeah. People in my circles love the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think the NHL draft gets more attention they, it than does. the Major League it Baseball does. draft. So that being the MLS said, Super Draft gets more attention. <laughs> uh, all that being said, yeah, 
I think that the league and the union are going to agree to something in regard to a lottery. So I buy that. Now the the first part of that. Oh no, that's what that is. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought there was so another part of that. The 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 whole idea. So this is the, this is the thing that frustrates me is that. Um, well, first of all, I sell it as well. I think that on top of um, asking for more like people to be introduced to the draft lottery, I think the the players should be like, "Oh, you didn't like eight teams? Fuck you! How about twelve teams, bitch? Like, we are not coming backing down off this. Like, I th- I think that n- the teams that don't make the playoffs, especially if they're gonna fucking expand the playoffs, like dumbasses, um, then we should end up with you know everybody." who's not in the playoffs going and getting into the draft lottery, just like the NBA. Um, and that's not going to, the thing that frustrates me though, is like their th- idea is that this stops extreme tanking. It does not. It, no. it does not address that. It doesn't address tanking, but it doesn't once again, like 120 losses then wouldn't guarantee you the first pick, which I do like. Yeah, indeed. So I miscounted, and it's actually going to be seven uh, things that we're going through on this Love by it. ourselves. Here so we go. Let's, let's speed up a little bit. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, gradually raising the luxury tax threshold from 20, 20, to $220 million by 2026, which is like it's going to take a while to get there, and it's not that much of an increase. Like uh, – Marginal. I was going to say, it's, I mean, what did the union propose again? It was like 250, yeah. 260. Yeah, they, 265, I think. I'm not buying that 220 is going to be the number, especially by 2026. I mean, yeah. it's got to be like 250 by 2026, I, I would, think. I think that it might or, stay at that 2026. Like, it'll gradually increase until that year. But I think it's going to be a much higher It's got to be a higher number. Yeah. Um, especially when you account for inflation and um, – the inflation. way I, I, <laughs> the the rising costs uh, right now for yeah. everything um, cost cost of living in New York and L.A. Those are two of the biggest franchises, two exactly. of the biggest teams. Um, there's there's no those there's no way that it's only going to be a 220 by 2026. I don't buy that at all. It, it has to be higher. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if the well, I, I guess I'm mostly just annoyed that. There's never going to be a salary cap. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Whatever. Because this is like such a soft, loose salary cap. It doesn't really mean anything, but it does to some team. Anyway, whatever. Um, I'm going to sell it as well just because, again, like I said, you know, 220, too low. Um, Determining arbitration salaries by using war, Steve, um, and free agency for everybody who's 29 and a half years old. What do you think? War. What is it good for? <laughs> Determining arbitration salaries, Steve. That's what it's good for. <laughs> um, number one, war is not an end-all, be-all stat. Yeah. Um, so how – I have mixed feelings on that. So Very you're not quite going to sell. You're not quite going to buy. Is that where you're at? Right. Um, now, determining arbitration based on performance, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that makes sense. That checks out. Right. Um, using war is the only statistic. I, I guess that's okay, but it's not the best. Yeah. What if you have like a below zero war? You know. <laughs> <laughs> what if you're lower? I'll than be replacement honest with level? you. I don't think <laughs> Do you, does your teams are going to tender you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's a. I'm actually gonna buy this. You know, I, I like that the the war is introduced. I think that you would still have in an arbitration, right? It's like a, a, a it's basically adjudication, right? So you'd have the opportunity to argue other statistics as well i would think i mean i guess i should say i i'm gonna buy it if yeah, other stats was, are involved i was gonna well. say is it gonna be tim lincecum style where he just pulls up to the desk with the cy <laughs> young awards it's just the most badass contract move i've yes. ever heard of in my entire life yes he's just like hey these give me more money amazing yeah and you know he deserved it so and it's good that he got that money before 
all was said and done. And and that's another thing. Like, you know what? Free agency for all eight at age 29 and a half. That plays well into the, you know, clock starting thing that you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also plays into the hands of the players a little bit because that's before you hit 30. Um, hypothetically. Hypothetically. Yeah. So um, they, they'd be able to be in their free agent um waters <laughs> you mean be before, unrestricted free agents yes they would be an unrestricted free agent before that uh you know that mystical number 30 whatever it means um so yeah then i like that one a little bit better than the other ones that they proposed so eliminating draft this is next eliminating draft pick compensation for free agents i i buy it um i think it's it's i think it's a dumb rule Anyway, it's a super dumb rule and it leads to things like we were talking about that. It's just remember when like we were like, why didn't they send a qualifying offer out for Carlos Rodon? You'd get a draft pick. And it's like that's it's it's a dumb thing that exists. It's like you shouldn't have to be forced to sign a player. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Like if you don't if you want to part ways, you part ways. Like if you don't think that a guy's worth a qualifying offer, fine. Mm -hmm. Like. So be it. Um, that's an owner's choice. I, I, and I'll say this. I mean, it's an owner's choice. Um, maybe the union comes back and, and says, you know, for player protections, um, for guys who, you know, are up for the qualifying offer, um, this needs to be in place. But I think what the union's really trying to fight for is really the bottom. Like, yeah. That's what they're really trying to fight qualifying offers for. aren't offered to kids. Wait. Players. Sorry. That are, you know, not doing well. <laughs> right. Qualified offers go out to players who then are this is gonna be good free agents. Usually, right. the union's in this position right now because it's it's for for guys who are at scrap scraping the barrel, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to make ends meet, kind of. Um, <laughs> I mean, they still make way more than we ever will, but yes. still, uh, that should be making way more. Um, or guys that are getting absolutely screwed on service time. Like right. I think those are the two those things that, are the really, people that, that union's really fighting for. Yes. Um, I, I think the the union will be willing to to con- give a concession here on this one. I, I just – owners should not be uh, – I side, actually, with the owners on this one. Like, they shouldn't be forced to sign a guy, and then ultimately you give up a draft pick in the process. Yeah. Um, you're just even further – you're furthering the competition gap. Yeah. So, in my opinion. So, you're buying it? Eliminating draft pick compensation? As long as the union's not going to be like CTU. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, last one. And this is, I think, one of the more interesting ones. The, the This is the one that's going to have very, very real impact on the competition and on baseball in general. It's expanding the t- uh, postseason to 14 teams. Buy or sell? I'm going to sell it. Um, it's way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've now now you've got thirty teams in Major League Baseball, fourteen team postseason. Are we the NHL? Like, come on, what is this? NBA like, too, yeah. Like, no, it's stupid. Over uh, half, close to half the league should not make the playoffs. Over half of a league should not make the playoffs. You're getting to that halfway point here with fourteen yeah. teams. Yeah, and one of the things that we keep coming back to is hey these players have a long grueling mm, season mm. why add semi competitive teams to a playoff mix yeah when uh, i'm sure if you expanded this to 14 teams it's going to be looking a lot like the nfl 2 versus 7 matchups mm-hmm. um it, over this past weekend um the last weekend yeah, um, so the, for example those, those kansas bad. city blows out pittsburgh right it's yeah. not even close what was the one on the nfc side oh the cardinals get blown, blown out by out. the rams yeah. right these were teams that probably should not be in the playoffs yeah like, and, it they just, and it showed and it showed right and this is what happens when you expand the playoffs just a little bit too far well i would also go on the on the flip side and say like a really really good team that deserves to be in the playoffs and deserves a run at the World Series because of the nature of baseball could have a weird series where they are not in the playoffs anymore and some jamoke team could go through to the next round just because of the freaky nature of baseball. Yep. And that's not fair either. 
If you have a season like and and it devalues the one sixty two. Which a thousand percent. So you know what? That's the only that's, reason I would say the only thing I would come back on this is is if you're gonna make a fourteen team playoff, you can't have a hundred and sixty two game season. Can't do it. It would and and that's not fair to the players too, because it's all that would stretch way into. I mean, that's fucking December. We're talking if you start right. the postseason right. at the same time. And if if this was like the NFL, where all of your playoff games landed on Saturdays and Sundays, and then this Monday night exception, which was stupid. They, yeah. Really, the NFL fucked this up. But the MLB has playoff games on Mondays at three o'clock. On Thursdays I'm at 1 so p.m. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like, you expand the playoffs even more, you're going to run into these issues. You're going to run into TV rights. You're going to yep. run into people not being able to watch and enjoy the game. And not all yeah. baseball playoff games are going to be played on the weekend. Yeah. So, I, I, I know that not everybody works for the weekend, but yeah, a yeah, majority yeah. of America works for the weekend. Right. So, why are you trying to expand... It when, for example, I have to pull up White Sox Astros game two at work. Yeah. I'm literally trying to help out kids, teach America, literally teach the youth of America, <laughs> and watch my beloved White Sox. Yeah. At the same time, that's that's not a good look. Yeah, it's. I I was just gonna bring up like they've bungled the playoffs so bad. The MLB has in the past. Like, who's to say expanding the play? Like, I'm 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 in the boat where it's like. <laughs> learn how to actually create a good product for the postseason first then you can talk about expanding it because expanding it for expansion's sake is the wrong move on so many levels matter of fact i think you should keep it right the fuck where it's at and i'm, I'm nervous because i think what's going to end up happening is these owners really want to expand the, expand the playoffs they really want to because it means more money for them usually so i think that's bad for the product in general again because it devalues the 162 and they're not good at doing the playoffs already as it is as far as scheduling and 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 stuff like that goes i think it should remain right where it's at i think the the one of the one of the only leagues that does playoffs really well is baseball in my opinion because it's actually like teams that belong like teams that won their fucking division get to go right and then two wild cards and, I, and that I, makes that's a really good playoff structure right and I, I hate to make this example, but it, it's so true. The atmosphere and, and just the game and, and how every every aspect of it, that Sunday night game, game three, Astro mm-hmm. Sox, was just so much more electric and so much more exciting. And that's not just because of the outcome. Yeah. But it was just so much more what playoff baseball should be than – that and I know it would have been Monday, but Tuesday afternoon game yeah. that we went to together yeah. at what two o'clock start? Like yeah. yeah. Tuesday afternoon, people. That's when we watched the White Sox lose to the Astros. Right. It's already bad enough that I watched my team absolutely get Molly whopped, but the fact on that it's Tuesday on a Tuesday afternoon. afternoon. The sun wasn't even down when we were leaving. It was like, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, Tom, we should probably wrap this thing up. We are well over an hour. Yes, yes. So uh, I think the moral of the story is we sold most everything that the pl- that the owners came back with. So fuck the owners. Fuck that. And uh, let's see what the players have to say on Monday. Hopefully we'll uh, have baseball uh, on time. We'll see, though. Any final thoughts from you, sir? Um, the only final thought I've got is that if you – or a Sons of Honarchy listener on the regular, or you're not, and you want to leave us a voicemail, and you don't just want to hear Yeah Dog's voice. Yeah Dog. If you want to hear your voice, too, <laughs> you guys should leave us a voicemail. Number is, make sure you pull out your pen and paper. Oh, my God. Uh, we'll, what is this, like, the it's fifth, on our the Twitter fifth page century? Too. But, uh, <laughs> 708-620-4142. That's 708-620-4142. So, hey, leave us a voicemail. We'd love to feature your voice. Or even, I think you can even text that number if you don't want to hear your voice. Um, And we'll talk about your question. Leave us any question, anything. Whether it's about White Sox baseball, whether it's about something we got a bone to pick with, whether it's something outrageous that we said or something that was completely unfactual, or if you just want to talk about the hair products and facial moisturizer (laughs) that Tommy uses in his beautification process, go um, ahead and leave us a voicemail. 
CeraV is actually a, a good AMPM product for oh, uh, face moisturizer Lord. if you're looking for it. So I will say, though, uh, speaking of things, people coming back at us, right? Uh, we did not mention Pete Hand going off on you for your Mark Burley oh, takes. Geez. I love it. I love it. We can touch on it more next time because even we are one of our regular fresh listeners, out of time. Even one of our regular <laughs> listeners, Alex Salazar, hit us up too in the comment section and said that he disagrees with me on Burley. But yeah, you know that's fine. He's gonna be a Hall of Fame committee guy. He's I hope goaded. You guys, I hope He's you guys, fucking goaded, bro. I hope you guys are ready for him to be a Hall of Fame committee guy. Yeah, yeah. He I mean, again, like that's it's a good place for somebody who's kind of an anomaly like he is. The Hall of Fame committee is built for people like that. So Absolutely. Just like Harold Baines. He's an anomaly because of how clutch he was, right? He wasn't actually that, like, great statistically. He was good, but he, he, wasn't, yeah, exactly. he wasn't Hall of – he was Hall very good. He was not Hall of Fame. But he was an anomaly because of how clutch he was and therefore put him in the Hall, yeah. as Chuck Swirsky would say. <laughs> you don't listen to Bulls games on the radio. That's okay. No, I, so- just know about his, <laughs> I just know about his awful dance moves on the um, – Oh, they're after so the games. good. What do you mean awful? Oh, it's just those horrendous. Are- <laughs> I hate watching those. It makes me cringe. Oh, they make me so happy. Oh, God, they make me so happy. There's anyway. no rhythm to it at all. <laughs> it doesn't need to be. It's, uh, it's all in the – Definition of white boy dancing. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I thought you'd connect to him as like a fellow white bald guy, but you know, hey. You know, uh, okay, okay. Like, no, I'm more maybe so, I typecast no, you. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm more sorry. of an Alex Caruso bald white there guy. There you go. There you go. Uh, anyway, so all of this has been a good run. Those are our final thoughts. I've enjoyed this week. Um, now, in Han, we trust. Burley for the Hall of Fame committee or bust. <laughs> there we go. Have a good one, everybody. Oh, we'll see you next week. Kissing up to the fans.